Well, welcome everyone to Wednesday Night Live. It is hump day, like the camel says, whoop, whoop. We're so glad uh-huh. you've joined us for another fun, action-filled evening. Uh, we have an amazing panel of the top quality guests. I mean, you can't Absolutely get this type absolutely amazing yeah the the tonight show is canceled today so we got the best people that we could on short notice (laughs) but i am joined by the probably most powerful person in the world me and then we also have kim here (laughs) We, we have jeff joining us and we have jeremy so thank you all for being here uh we're gonna have some fun tonight uh we and want the viewers and listeners also to be included in this. So we want to hear your comments. We want to see you typing away. We want to see these emojis popping up. So you are a part of this service. So we want to hear from you. But I want to start off with a question. It's what we like to do just to mix things up a little bit and kind of get the the vocal cords going. So if a movie was made of your life, number one, what genre would it be? And who would be playing you? Let's do a, I don't know, Jeremy's always pretty quick-witted. Let's start with Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. If movie was made of my life, it would, in all honesty, it would probably be satire. Uh, For sure. A lot of sarcasm, a lot. Like, my life is kind of like, uh, I view the world through the lens of The Office, if you've ever seen that show. I think it was on NBC. It's on, on uh, Netflix now. Uh, that's still going it is I mean no it's not going but I just keep watching it again and and viewing my life through that uh who would play me is probably probably uh it would probably be a fight but probably Brad Pitt uh either him or uh I don't know I could see it I could see that you could see that yeah wow it's a fight like they're fighting to play you is that the type of thing or you have to yeah, fight either, to be you? like brad pitt or like denzel washington since he's like such a good actor you wait know? denzel that's kind of a stretch right there oh man <laughs> oh man well you lost me now but we'll find time to pick that back up yeah all right who's, who's next? next kimberly go yeah i'll go um my life would definitely be an action adventure mm. and uh, played by katherine zeta jones Wow. Nice. Yeah. wow i like that it's good yeah i uh i would like i'd like to see a drama for sure but obviously with some sense of humor uh riddled throughout it kind of laughing going now that's funny and then going man that's funny stupid why are these guys doing it so definitely that i was thinking for sure because uh you know the the role that and uh, the screen right would be so good it'd have to be like at least Tom Hanks-esque type of, you know, the top of the line. Maybe The Rock because of the body figure that I have. (laughs) And then, Jeremy, you can't take Denzel. I was going to say Denzel like on training day. The younger Denzel, not the old guy now. You know, I got to have some humor, so. I think you're more telenovela type. uh, (laughs) I can see Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas would be good. They got me to read. That's a novella also. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go down the route of a romantic comedy, comedy all the way. Yes. Uh, yes. Very Hallmark esque, and I'd have to get one of the the Boston guys, probably Matt Damon, to step into the role. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, or I mean Chris Evans, like trying to do the beard and like that. So 
the no, funniest, also, the also funniest scenes he's ever been is Fillmore, but or maybe uh, uh, Santa Clara. Hey, but, uh, this is it. Boston for sure. <laughs> but I want to I want to know what you guys are thinking at home. Who is going to play you? Uh, what actors and actresses are going to fight to fill that role and what genre you're going to be in. So I want to hear all about it and maybe even see you guys in a blockbuster film one day after the life story that you guys are putting together. But as we move along, we are continuing our study of Romans. And each week, it's just something new that we get a chance to dive into and learn from. And I, I briefly talked about last week that Paul has been laying down foundations for the past few weeks. In fact, in Romans 12, he has instructed us to love. And that was a huge image that we were going through. And then last week, we went to this idea of obeying the laws of authority and how to submit and, and why we actually do that as believers. We obey these laws and rules because we want to have a clear conscience, but also because it's a difference of good and evil. We do not want to deal with the fall of doing wrong. We want to do right in God's eyes. So obedience based on fear, I'm kind of taking it as the, the low road right now. Uh, love is the high road, and it's that relationship of love to law, which Paul discusses in what we are going to go through tonight in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. So if you guys haven't had a chance already, I ask you to go run as fast as you can, sprint to the other room, grab your Bibles, or pull up your phone app. We're also going to have it on the screens for you, but I'd love for you guys to follow along, take notes, underline things, but we're going to start off with Kim tonight reading Romans 13, please. Yes. Owe nothing to any owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. And I think the thing that I love so much about this portion of scripture is we can see that in the Old Testament, God gave us law. And, and that law, his law is true. The Ten Commandments um, were given by God. And they're beautiful. They're a beautiful expression of how we should live with other people. But we can see in Romans um, chapter 13 in this portion of scripture that God is actually giving us the higher law. He's giving us the law of love because he says, if you love your neighbor, then of course you're not going to commit adultery um, with their wife or their husband. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to break the Ten Commandments. So basically, if you just follow the law of love and you say, I'm going to love my neighbor then, of course, you're going to fill all, fulfill all the Ten Commandments and then some. So it's a higher law. And so I love that Paul is using this example in his scripture. And so I think for all of us, one of the things that we can use in our lives as a measuring rod is to say, are these words that I'm saying are loving? Are these actions that I'm expressing, do they express love? And, um, and that way we can kind of know, you know, whether we're um, living the life that God wants us to live or not. Really good. Um, and this whole 
love thing that we're going to focus on for a little bit um, is huge right now, especially with what we're going through. So I want to ask some questions to the panel to see what their viewpoints on some things. And like I said, you at home as well. So I'm going to start this off for uh, Jeremy. As we recover from this pandemic, what are some ways that we can show this love that we just read about to our neighbors who are hurting or in need? Uh, you know, Jeff Barnett was talking about it um, earlier about how this pandemic has created in us a sense of fear when it comes to individuals and our relationships. You know, he was talking about how he was walking uh, down the down the street and someone decided to cross over because they were afraid to go by him. They wanted to keep and respect the six foot dis distance and they created a 60 foot distance. And I think the same thing can happen in our uh, relationships in an emotional sense or a, a relational sense when it comes to the separation that we feel from other people because of the social distancing things happening right now. And so we need to break the ice. We need to break some of that barrier. And I don't, I don't mean like forget about the social distancing and, and go and like hug and, and kiss people like crazy. But I, th I think what we need to do is just um, provide that in a verbal way, maybe call extra check in extra FaceTime, uh, Zoom extra, do, do those things where you can actually have the closest type of relationship with others. You know, and, and also I think an important part is get as much info as you can so that you can provide the best type of care or assistance as, as possible. Hmm. Good. What do you think, Jeff? How, what, what are some of these ways that we can show love to neighbors that are really needing it right now? Yeah, there was a couple of things that I was going to take it maybe from a more corporate standpoint. One of the things that I did, I, I even did it today as I was dropping my daughter's car off to get it smogged. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a mask. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. And then I saw everybody with masks. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just walk back to my car. It's only 17 feet this way and put the mask on, even though I don't think I need it. And I felt like that's the right thing to do. It's the loving thing to do so that I didn't look like one of those people without the mask and the, if you've seen somebody without the mask, they part the Red Sea as they're walking down, like they have a bubonic plague or something horrible. But uh, one of the other things I was thinking about was, as Jeremy was talking about, was just loving them by being obedient to what I'm being told. If I'm supposed to social distance, then social distance. Sometimes I don't feel like I want to or need to, but the best thing I can do for my neighbors is to take care of myself. And uh, even with my family, if I go out and do stuff and kind of just blow off this social distancing order, go visit people, do things. I'm actually having an impact on my own family, my father-in-law and my friends like you guys on the panel. So one of the ways that I love is just obeying what I've been told. We talked about the authority last week. The second thing is just being unique. I think Jeremy hit it. I've got to get out of myself. It's easy. We're in this little box on TV, video screens and internet, but I've got to get outside the box and say, how can I love my sister? How can I love somebody from the church? You know, uh, the other, I also talked today about the, uh, I went to get my daughter's smog and oil change. And I, I saw someone from church and they wanted to talk. So you love them. You talk to them. You give them some time. People are starving for fellowship. So sitting back and going, I've got some place to go, but I'll sit and talk to Debbie if you're out there. Nice to see you. Uh, but um, 
you know, just sit back and love people, give patience. I remember when this happened in week two, I think Dustin, you said it. Also give a lot of grace and love back as people are going through tough seasons, give a lot of grace, give, be loving and kind. And so that's kind of where I'm at, uh, just trying to give it out and give people space to grow and go through this time, you know, yeah, which is just awkward and crazy. Yeah, it's really well said. Um, but you at home, I've, I've seen so many things online of people doing good stuff and that's included in our community groups. I'm actually doing a little promo. Uh, one of our Monday group community groups made their own shirts. They have their own little, little club going, but community groups are helping out with each other, uh, just sharing the love. And it's amazing to see all these acts of kindness online. So what does it you, say? What does it say real quick? I God saw loves me. A rooster. And it's a rooster Monday night community group. Wow. Not like, are they denying Jesus like Peter when the rooster crows? Is that, what, is that what's happening there? Now you're going to have an angry mob at your doorstep. This is, this is, a, this is a group uh, that has uh, Mark Brown in it, the king of oh, rooster oh, calls. Okay. This is, <laughs> there we go. So that's their little mascot. But like that's, that's one of the groups showing love by, by praying for one another and always lifting each other's spirits. So to the listeners at home, I want to hear about this in the comments right now. Uh, how have you noticed people showing love during this whole thing that's been going on? How have you seen it personally? I'd love to hear some stories that have maybe caught your eye or even that you've done uh, an act of te testimony. So let us know what's, what's helped in the best way possible for those people. Um, but as you're commenting, I'm going to ask Kim a question. Uh, you've been on a lot of missions trips. Uh, you have a, the missionary's heart. So sharing this very same love that is being talked about in scripture, what called you to take up this way of life and how did you start acting on those feelings? I was um, considering this question. I was remembering back to my very first mission trip and I remember going down into, into Baja and um, at that time I was working as an elementary school teacher and, and we were walking through the neighborhoods. I think we gave away about 200 shoeboxes that year. And we're walking through the streets and we were giving away shoeboxes. And I remember just feeling like so blessed to be able to, um, to give those gifts away. Um, it made Christmas so much more meaningful um, because a lot of those people um, didn't have, um, weren't, a lot of those kids weren't even going to get a Christmas gift. And I remember um, kind of being like the translator for our team and connecting with some of the the people down there and I just remember like I had this overwhelming sense of like God smiling at me as I as I gave away shoe boxes as I hugged people as I loved on them as I translated for the team and I just had such an overwhelming sense of satisfaction of that kind of work and I think that's kind of that's what hooked me hmm. was just realizing that um, there was no greater joy than to be able to just uh, give away things and just love on people and that there was nothing greater that I could do with my life than that. So that's, that's when I started. That's so well said. I love how you said that. It felt like God was smiling. I think that's one of the, once we serve or, or share this compassion that God's shown us so much, it, it just feels like, Oh, you you guys are getting it. So I love that. Thank you for sharing Kim. Mm -hmm. um, but another question is that this is a, a really powerful couple verses that we got to go through. It, it's talking about, you know, loving one another, 
but we tend to skip over one of the last parts of verse nine pretty often um, where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So what are some ways we can also love yourself? I think that's a key aspect of what this verse is trying to say, the self-care, self-worth, the worthiness of how we love ourselves. So uh, Jeremy, do you mind kicking that off of how are we to love ourselves first? Yeah, first of all, this this comes from the law. Love your love, Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. We see it in Leviticus nineteen, and also, and we see it in the New Testament in Mark twelve thirty and thirty one. Um, but Jesus talks about it being two commandments: love God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not three separate commandments, as some people like to say. It's like love God, you love your neighbor, and then you love yourself. Well, Jesus like. I mean, creator of all is not, is not bad at math. Like if he meant three greatest commandments, he would have said three greatest commandments. But uh, the fact is that, that I think most of us have a fundamental innate sense of, of self-respect and self-worth. We care about ourselves. Even if we uh, produce some self-hate, that doesn't mean that we aren't loving ourselves or aren't doing that for selfish motives Self-love can be egotistical. It can be, it can be uh, arrogant and prideful. It has minimal regard for others. But some people will just trash their own lives to give it all for someone else, you know. And and they'll like not brush their teeth. They'll not shower. They'll they'll be a, a damaging factor to their own lives at the expense of their own lives to help others or or do something for others. Where it's like, bro, you you should probably take care of, of your own family or take care of your own situation, your own life. Um, so first of all, I think most of us have an innate, uh, already built in sense of self fundamental love, but I think that we need to develop a, a healthy balance of understanding who God is and who he considers us to be that, that we are loved by God, that we are cared for by God, that we are created in his image and likeness knit together uh, by God, even before time began, uh, that, that we've got purpose. And, and when we understand that, it changes everything. That self-care, that self-worth, that worthiness isn't built on anything inside of us. It's a relationship with God and who he has created us to be. I think that's what your question was. What are some ways that we can also show love to ourselves? I think loving God and loving others and then appreciating who God has created us to be along with the flaws that we may have and experience. Sorry for the long answer. No, that's good. Good stuff. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Jeff? What do you, I was thinking about what Jeremy was saying and I was looking at the innate versus the, the stuff that we have to learn. There's innate self care that we do brush our teeth, go to the bathroom, eat three times a day or five times a day, depending on what fitness regimen you're in you know, all these things that we do, those are just things that we do to make sure that we can make it through the day. And I think what Jesus was communicating, not that I know exactly what he was saying, but he was like, everybody in the world does some personal self-care to make it through each and every day. And he says, love your neighbors like that. And he was saying, look at your self-care routine or look at the way that you look at yourself, add me more inside of it. So then you can learn to love others and yourself. And so, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy was hitting me up and on my phone, I've got get on your knees at eight o'clock and pray to Jesus, you know, add some of these things into your life at two or three o'clock, pray, 
pray, you know, spiritually that God will do things in my family and in your guys' life and you online. So really the self-care is the, the, the answer that I was going to give is getting more, uh, more yoked into his identity, yoked in the concept of being buffed, getting just physically fit in who God is and in my identity so that when I wake up, no matter what's happened last night or what's happening currently as I got up, that, uh, that I know who I am, that no matter what goes uh, on in my life, that I have Christ in me and that we're going to make it through. And in that self-care and self-worth, that self-love, then I can pour out the neighbors and ultimately to God. So it's it's a learned behavior uh, to add to your routine. Uh, but I love what Jeremy said. is it's, it's two, but this third part is Jesus assuming we know what self-love is. I need you to turn that love into God and to others. I liked what you said about uh, getting yoked up. Uh, yeah. God considers you. I told you to not steal any more pictures of me. That's. I know. Man. Sorry. There he is. Look at those quads right there. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, you know, right after that, that's just, that blows my mind. So <laughs> I want to ask a follow-up question to Kim. Um, why is it so important for us to show this love to the world? Like why, why is this so essential at this one moment? Well, if you think about the most famous verse in the Bible, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it's like if we're going to truly represent God and his heart, then we need to show that same love. And I think, I think when we love others, we're actually, um, we're actually showing that we have known and experienced God's love firsthand and that because we've received it, we want to give it away. And so I think um, if we really know God's heart, then we will do our best to try to love people, um, even when they're hard to love. Yeah, I just want to close up with that section. I think Kim said it perfectly. Um, but, but those who really love their neighbor, we don't need to fear the law anymore. That's, we just, you love them. It's a part of it. Love inspires us to do good to our neighbor going above and beyond the actual law. And see, Jesus never made these loopholes in the, the law of love. Whenever love demands it, we are to show God's love to other people. So I encourage you guys to continue showing that love at home, uh, being the difference out there to a world that desperately needs it. But I want to go on to verses 11 and 12, if Jeremy, you wouldn't mind reading that. Yep, here it comes right here, 11 and 12 this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is time is running out wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed the night is almost gone the day of salvation will soon be here so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living so what we have going on here, we've got Paul who's stressing that the urgency of salvation, the urgency of just living out your life for Jesus, that uh, the night is almost gone. What we're going through, the, the struggle, the darkness, the, the sense that life is getting worse and worse and dreary and drearier, uh, it's, it's going to end someday that uh, the light is soon to be approaching. Uh, and so Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. You know, it's kind of like uh, reading the Gospel of John. It starts out brilliant, bright light, 
uh, in chapter one. And then like throughout the gospel, you see it, the, the light just seems to fade until the very point of crucifixion where then it's complete darkness filling the land. But then at the point of the resurrection is blasting beaming light again. And that's, yeah. that's, I think what Paul is also bringing up here in Romans. Really good. So I have a, the most theological sound question that's going to change people's lives, and I need your guys' take on it. So listeners at home, I need you on this too. But who does the laundry in your household? Because we're talking about taking off these dirty clothes, so that means there's clothes laying around. So who does the laundry in your household? And do you really separate the clothes like they say on the back of the tag, or you just go for it? Uh, we'll start with you, J-Rod, because I know you're a clean freak. <laughs> Seriously, I had to start doing my laundry at 12 years old, not because I want, uh, not because I had to, but my mom used to leave wrinkles in my clothes, and I had this wrinkle issue. So I started doing it early on, and uh, any good laundry person knows you have to separate. If you don't separate, you're not going to get those clear, crisp colors. And so I'm a separator. I do my own private laundry. I don't let anybody else do it. I got some issues, so I'm looking for any mental help. Put it online because uh, I've been going through this for a long time. And uh, you can ask my mom. I've got some ironing issues, too, no wrinkles. So uh, I do my laundry, and uh, I separate for sure. I want the crisp. Look how bright that blue is. It just wow. doesn't come natural. That's impressive. Yeah. I think my husband can help you. Um, I can get you his phone number if you want. <laughs> What about for you, Kim? Who's doing the yeah, laundry? I, I would. Um, I tend to do the laundry, um, and I do separate too. Um, in fact, the other day I I put a blue sweater in with the whites, and I kind of regretted that. Um, I started to see a little bit of blue, but um, I guess blue in the whites is better than red in the whites. Yeah. So, but yes, I think separating laundry is beneficial. Wow. Yeah. You guys are you guys have issues. <laughs> I'm from the same family. Okay. <laughs> uh I think we, we probably split it. I hate like folding the laundry and putting it all away. I like it where I can just like pick up like a shirt off the couch, you know, after it's all laid out. You know, why do we have to put it away? Just leave it here. But uh, I usually probably do the washing part of the laundry. We don't separate. We got two year olds throw it all in there. Um, hopefully it wasn't a, a diaper that leaked or anything like that. And now it's transferred to all of our clothes, but uh, I'm kind of like a chemist when it comes to the laundry for a, probably for a year or so, I was trying to find the right combination of what detergent fabric softener and stuff would work best. Uh, Cause I was getting all these like uh, irritations and stuff like that because of the detergent. So uh, I, I uh, think we both do it. We both, I mean, that's how true love works, you know? You're saying we have issues and you're going through the chemical stuff? Come on, bro. <laughs> hey, but we don't separate, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I can yeah. tell that shirt was white two weeks ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I feel, I feel nervous about this shirt because it's actually like C.S. Lewis, like a, a friend of mine actually made this, but uh, my mother-in-law is like, oh, Mike Huckabee. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. That's what I was thinking. That's so, just to clear it's things like up. from the Twilight Zone. Twilight. Uh, I meant Twilight, the vampire show. Yeah. So make sure you guys are commenting on this. <laughs> Let us know who's doing the laundry. This portion of the message was brought to you from Tide. So thank you to our Tide sponsors. Um, don't eat the Tide Pods, though. Yeah, don't eat those. Uh, but... 
to move on. So I, I want to get back to scripture and I want to understand this shining armor that uh, is now replacing everything. So our get away our dirty clothes. So Jeremy, you, you know, a lot of stuff, explain this shining armor of right living to me. Can we get it at American Eagle uh, when it opens up again? Or is this something that we have to, to learn? I guess that's a store. Come on, bro. It's a hipster <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> it's a millennial special. I go to Ross. It's like a classy Abercrombie. That's the... wow. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think my wife used to shop there when she was like eighteen, nineteen. But um, I, I, I think right here it's it's referring to the shining armor of right living, uh, the armor of God that Paul talks about in Galatians or Ephesians, one of those letters. Um, somewhere in the bible something like that one of those letters where it's the armor of god the sword of the spirit the shield of faith the breastplate of righteousness the uh helmet of salvation the shoes or greaves they're kind of like shin guards that you wear for soccer of peace um fit for ready for the gospel um what what are some of the characteristics of the the armor well when you're all suited up in it you're you're on the right track i think and i know that in my life when i when i wake up in the morning and the first first thing i do is just just set myself uh in a position of surrender like god like here like let's let's piece this day together together um and let's let's bind myself up in this and what's interesting is that um this armor is a defensive position in a sense um and I, I think that's that's interesting. Um, the shoes actually are related to like the Romans uh, who first developed uh, cleats uh, within their the army ranks with their shoes so they could stand firm and, and hold their ground. So um, I think when we apply that to our lives and to our relationship with God and others, it makes a world a world of a difference when we suit up in that as opposed to our dirty, stinky, smelly clothes. Good. And here I thought suit up was from how I met your mother and the Avengers, but this is good. <laughs> uh, so I, there, there has to be someone listening uh, right now that's saying, well, how can I get rid of these dirty clothes for good? That's ready for this transformation process. Uh, how can someone start to do that, Jeff? I really like the analogy because if you've ever washed your clothes the clothes you could wash a bunch of clothes and instantly within hours you've got a dirty clothes pile starting again so they it seems like it never goes away until you really get a system and a plan so i really like this this is a good analogy because sometimes our struggles just keep coming back over and over and it's the same thing and it's repetitive until you really deal with it and say okay I'm going to have dirty clothes. The only thing that can clean me and sanctify me and make me whole is engaging in this relationship with Christ and putting on what Jeremy said, this full armor, so that no matter what type of battle I'm going through, if it's just a spiritual inner battle or if it's a physical persecuting battle outside, I'm learning to clothe myself so that I have this armor. And for some of us that are struggling with this, it's probably because we're not completely clothed. So you have to go into the washer 
and get the stuff that's not being cleaned and bring it out and go, this is something that I'm lacking, that breastplate of righteousness, that helmet of salvation. I have to look for it in the dirty clothes like my kids do. My kids don't do laundry correctly. They find a couple things that are dirty and they go out and put three things in the laundry and wash them and then they dry them and then the next day. And so instead of just putting a whole bunch in, and that's what we need to do is you pull out some things out of your dirty clothes and say, I'm going to cleanse these because this is part of my shining armor. And so you got to get rid of some of those old clothes, like Jeremy was saying, walk away from some of those bad behaviors, bad friendships, bad, atti uh, bad attitudes and actions, and really say, I'm going to start cleaving or living for Christ, opening up his word and living it out. So that's how I've gotten rid of a lot of my dirty laundry and started living in this more righteous kind of mindset. Not that I'm ultimately righteous. I still got a long way to go. So I'll pass the dirty laundry on to your family member. Kim, <laughs> do you have any other tips to, to go off of for that? Oh, I have some stories to tell for <laughs> sure. No, I, I think, um, I think like what Jeff said, I think it comes down to our relationship with Christ. And I think the more that we invite him into, um, our daily life, the more we invite him, his, the more that we hide his word in our hearts, the more that we um, have a close relationship with him, the more we care about what he thinks and how he wants us to live. I think that's how we get rid of the dirty laundry. Like maybe we start to gossip about some, someone and then like the Holy Spirit is like, don't say that. Like, that's, that's not nice. That that's gossip. And you're like, yeah, you're right. Lord, you know, I repent, you know, and it's just, it's sort of like learning to, to live um, just sensitive to him and to his voice and to what, how he wants us to live. Cause um, yeah, I just, I think that's the best way is just um, hiding his word in your heart and, um, and kind of just listening to him and as he guides and directs you throughout the days um, that's how you um, get rid of those dirty clothes. If uh, anyone was looking uh, for that, what you guys are talking about, removing the dirty clothes and then putting on the armor of God, it's uh, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 10 through 18, yeah. like I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for looking that <laughs> Thanks, up. Thanks, Jeremy. No, I just, I just uh, recalled that. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is uh, such an important part of Scripture. Um, I love the part that just says, wake up. And that's the biggest thing, because I know we've all been in this situation before where we are laying in that comfy bed of ours, and we just kind of have a, a sense to look over, and you look at your phone, because no one has an alarm clock anymore, and you lay back down, and then you kind of like get that second wind, wait a minute, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> this is what's going on, I need to figure out what's happening, so it's time to wake up we, and then you rush out. So you're trying to get everything ready. So you're, then you're leaving things behind and then you're, you're missing clothes. You're missing all this stuff that you're trying to do. So we need to wake up right now and start making changes in our lives. And it can be done when you're doing that with uh, the love of Christ, clothing you and, and protecting you throughout your days. So I ask you guys, like Jeremy said, it's time to suit up and put on that armor and start moving forward. It's time to drink a little extra coffee and, and fully wake up to what we need to be doing. But we're going to move on to verses 13 and 14 as we close out our scripture today. And Jeff, if you're able to, to read that for us. Yeah. It says, uh, because we belong to the day, 
We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Uh, I couldn't even say the word because I'm so far away from that. I couldn't even... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I see, uh, thanks for uh, letting me have this chunk of scripture. You guys are all into this really holy, healthy scripture. <laughs> and let's give it to the guy that uh, got all the troubles and sin struggle. Um, but I love what you said, Dustin, is wake up. Uh, um, there's nothing worse than being late, waking up and going, man, I'm supposed to be there at nine and it's 8.52 and you got a shower and you got a 20 minute drive. And you just kind of rush in and grab the toothbrush and put a little bit of water in the hair and hopefully something not so dirty out the door because you know you're going to be late. And when you do that, like you said, Dustin, you're late. And, and, and Paul's saying we belong to the day. We don't belong to the night. There, there was a pastor that I know that, I, that he taught me in Mexico, and I don't necessarily like the idea, but he said nothing good happens after 8 p.m. If you really think about that, even though I'm a late night guy, nothing good happens after 8 p.m. And I thought, this guy is so ridiculous. But when you start to take an inventory, you know, that's where the, the that's where this comes to. And there was this moment back in the Old Testament or to the Pharisees and Sadducees, what they did at night, nobody could see. And what they did in the day was you have these flowing robes and this uh, this beautiful life for the uh, for God, but the truth is, Paul is saying we belong to the day. What you do in the day also will at night will also be seen by God. Don't participate in these evil, dark things. We tend to think that having a few drinks and drunkenness is not going to affect anybody. It's only affecting me. But the truth is, as someone who struggled with that, it's affecting a lot more people than just me and maybe my wife and, and my kids. It affects a lot of people around us, your workers, your neighbors, and everybody else. It has huge impacts and it can go even more. Give it a permiss- I can't even say it, an immoral living, uh, this is stuff that we deal with that's holding us out of the light. And the enemy wants me to be a, a, a drunk and he wants me to cheat on my wife and he wants me to live immoral so that when people see me personally on the street, they're like, there's that hypocrite that's on stage saying one thing and doing a different thing in the night. And God says, Jeff, with me, cleansed and living in that armor that, that God's given you, you can live both uh, righteous at night and day, walking away from this old behavior. And, I, you know, when I was thinking about this quarreling and jealousy, quarreling with myself and being jealous about the world, I used to live before I really got right with God, jealous about everybody else. Well, Jeremy's hair, look at that big wave in his hair. It looks like a big 12-foot swell you know, and Dustin's beautiful white shirt and, uh, you know, his great kids and my sister's experience through the world. Instead of looking at jealousy, really kind of living in the glory of God and celebrating my sister's uh, missions trips and celebrating Dustin going from chef to chefing it up and cooking it up for Christ and Jeremy uh, living and growing in, as a man and as a father and as a husband. 
being excited about that. And really the last thing I'll say is learning to clothe myself. Uh, Colossians talks about clothing myself with these righteous things, these Holy Spirit things, uh, love and joy and patience so that I can forgive others and, and learn to receive that forgiveness and give grace. So I've got to get rid of these evil desires by putting on these clothes, this spiritual armor Jeremy's been talking about. So I can live a whole life. And trust me, this is the last thing I'm going to say. It's not easy. Don't just think it's like putting on a pair of flip-flops and you're out there ready. It's a little bit more than that. And it's one, one day at a time, one piece of clothing at a time. And I promise you, if you do it correctly in, in, in six months or six years, you're going to have this armor that you never thought would ever work, working to the fullest and changing the way that you look at life. That's really good. Um, to tie into that a little bit more, so Jeff, you were talking about Colossians and, and clothing yourself, and Jeremy, you just spoke previously about putting on this this armor. So if I am involved in these type of activities, it's just being lifted uh, or listed and kind of the, the evil desires, how do we properly clothe ourselves? How do we take that step to move forward so we don't want to do those things anymore? So how do we clothe ourselves with Christ and carry him around? I think it's just daily, simple steps. Um, it's a daily recognition, um, even not just a first thing in the morning, but it's throughout the day. Uh, maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe it's a, a bout of temptation or difficulty, and it's a time to stop and remind yourself that, hey, you know, I, I'm strong and full of life because of who, who God is and who God has created me to be. I, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm not going to have any compromise here. And, and basically realizing that yeah, I don't want to pretend like Jeff was saying. I don't want to be the the guy on stage or or at home or at, at work or at the office or at the soccer fields or wherever uh, who's just pretending. It's like, no, I want the real thing. I want to be the real thing everywhere, all places at all times. Uh, I think I think it was C.S. Lewis, uh, my boy right here, who said about integrity, it's like doing the right thing when, even when no one's watching. And I, I think that's how we start to realize like, have that honest conversation. Am I, am I going to be the same? Am I going to lean on, on God completely and surrender that? Really good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this about being clothed and making a transformation and making changes in our steps. And I know you guys, you know, extremely well and the people at home have, have gotten a chance to hear you on a, on a weekly basis. So I want to, I want to pick on Kim for a little bit. Uh, have you always been clothed with Christ? And how did you personally move on from those moments of self-indulgence, if you had any in the past, or turning the other cheek to God? How did, how did you begin that, that walk forward for people at home? I, I guess for me, it's it has been more gradual. But I think once I moved down to Mexico, and I really started reading God's Word, and, and actually... Um, for those of you who don't know, I went through a really um, serious bout of depression um, that really, um, really affected me and my, the quality of my life. And I think that bout of depression made me realize that there were some thoughts in my head and there were some things that I was doing that were not healthy for me. And um, I think God started teaching me about really taking his word and applying it to my life. And um, I love the scripture, actually, that Jeff quoted. Uh, and I remember 
reading it and being really inspired by it, it talks about clothing yourselves with um, tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and forgiving others, and um, and that love was actually the the piece of clothing that that bound it all together. And I remember just kind of thinking like, wow, I, I really want to live that kind of life. Um, so I would say it probably happened for me in Mexico when I got really serious about reading scripture and wanting to apply it to my life, mostly because, you know, I was living in such deep depression and um, my life was just almost unbearable. And so um, I, I think that's kind of, that was the beginning point. And obviously, you know, none of us do this perfectly all the time. But I, I know for, for myself, you know, it's sort of that same litmus test that I was sharing before. It's like, is what I'm going to say loving? If it's not, you know, maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, and then, you know, like sometimes I know for myself, like if I feel pride rising up in my heart towards somebody, well, Jesus says, clothe yourself with humility. And so I like have to exchange that prideful, arrogant attitude that maybe I have and go, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go low. I'm going to be humble in this situation. You know, I'm not. And so I think it's, it's a, it's a process, but I think there was a point where I really began to take like my Christian walk seriously, mostly because my life depended on it. Um, and so I'm really thankful that even though that was a really painful experience of um, de deep depression, that it really launched me into like taking the scripture and actually applying it to my life, learning to take thoughts captive, learning to let the peace of Christ rule in my hearts, not being anxious, but praying instead. Like there were lots of scriptures at that time that God really said, you know, if you will take this stuff and you will actually like try to practice it, your life will change. And it has. Hey, do you mind if I add a piece that reminded me of one of Jeremy's messages probably in February, right before we got into, uh, into the, um, the COVID lockdown where he was carrying this dead body. You remember that message where he was walking with this dead body and it was our sin and our old life. And he was saying, get rid of that old life, walk away from that dead body and put on this, this Christ body. And he was kind of giving us this image of walking around with this sin that was just like carrying this dead body. You remember that, Jeremy? You're looking at me funny. <laughs> I remember that. Please, dude. You carry around a lot of dead weights, so that's just, we're not sure. What's it like? A, did I bring like a dead body? <laughs> we're talking about wearing a dead body on your back and how it was holding you back at sin. And I remember your messages. Oh, oh okay. I thought you meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in uh, Romans. I, I thought you meant like I brought like a, I don't know, like some. No. Some, <laughs> some corpse yeah, prop and at yeah. the end it was taking that dead weight off and taking that old self off and, and and then putting christ on it and walking around as christ was on your back and with you and inside of you and really doing that work so anyways as kim was saying that i just thought about it and uh, i actually learned something from a jeremy message so it was uh, good back then <laughs> good thing you learned something yeah <laughs> Um, I, I love what, what Kim brought together at the end. You said love is what kind of bound it all together. So everyone that's listening and watching this, uh, I want you to just start getting ready because if there's someone online right now 
that's ready to close themselves with Christ and, and show that type of love that we've been talking about this whole time, be ready to make this change. Uh, type love, that's simple. Those four letters in the chat right now, just type love and say you're ready to make that step to move forward and start showing the change that the world needs. You can put a heart emoji on there, whatever it is. We, we want to just know and have you declare that you're ready to show the love uh, moving forward. So I've gotten a lot out of this amazing panel, but this, this recap that I just want to share is uh, when I woke up, I, I put on clothes, and I hope that everyone at home did too. That's kind of a benefit from doing this online, that you do you, whatever. But uh, I put my clothes on <laughs> with the intention they'd be a part of me the rest of the day. So where, where I go, my, my clothes will go um, and do what I do. They will cover me and make me presentable to others. That is the purpose of clothes. In the same way Paul is saying to us, put on Jesus Christ when you get up in the morning, kind of what Jeremy was talking about. Make him a part of your life each and every day. Intended to go with you wherever you will go, and he act through you in everything that you do. Call upon him, live your life in Christ, and that is the way to true love. And then love at every opportunity towards all people. Live in love, doing only kindness and help for others instead of harming them. And what a perfect season it is for us all to step out and start really showing this. Uh, there's so much maybe insecurities or depression or anxiousness going on that this is a perfect time to show that love to different people that uh, people are going to be welcoming. I know we're going to, we've been parting the sea, getting away from people, but now people are ready to draw people in. So I feel it's a time where we can show love and truly embrace it to walk forward. But I'd like to get a final thought from our amazing panel. Uh, Jeff, do you want to start us off to, with a final thought? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Dave Ramsey uses one of these verses and it's in Romans 3, 13a, where he says, oh, nothing to anyone. And he really kind of goes, you got to get out of debt. And you've ever watched him. It's kind of ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, I look at it and I try and be as debt free as possible. It's not really possible if you own a house because I can't really save up enough for 30 years to buy a house. But the point is, it says, except for the obligation of loving one another, and I love that because it seems then I have a debt to the world of loving them in this in that transaction here. And really, I can't do it on my own. The way that I love the world is I take and take and take. But the way that God wants me to love the world is to give and give and give. And so I love that interaction. Oh, nothing to anyone except this obligation to love. And one of the questions you asked is, why do we do it? We do it to change the world. This world is desperate for love. It's lonely. It's lost. It's dark. Even in places where they think there should be light. And so by loving people, by experiencing that and knowing that, it's, it, it says it's, it's a requirement of God's law. God is love. And so that's just my last word. I, I want to be in debt to loving people and loving this world. And by doing that, the, better, the betterment of the world happens and the kingdom of God grows. I hope that made sense. That's good. Who's next? Go ahead, Kim. Yeah, I, I, um, I love the wake-up call that Paul gives um, in, this, in this section. And he talks about, like, now is the time of salvation. And I really feel like, um, you know, we're living um, in unprecedented times. And I think the world more than ever needs this message of love, needs this message of salvation, needs this message of 
of um, knowing Christ. And um, so I'm really excited that as we come out of this, um, hopefully all of us have had an opportunity to kind of reevaluate our lives and really look at the things that are, are, are super important. And, um, and I, I'm hoping that we take some of the habits and the practices that we um, have, have gained in this difficult season. But I also feel like, man, it's harvest time. Like it's time, you know, once we're able to kind of get back out in the community to really love people into the kingdom. Um, because love is, is what's going to win people's hearts when they know how much God loves them. And when they see God's love through your loving actions, that's really what, what changes people's hearts and lives. And so I feel like we're living in um, extraordinarily important times. And, and I feel like um, it's going to be kind of an all hands on deck season as we come out of this, um, out of this quarantine into getting back into the community and obviously respecting people and, you know, not pushing ourselves on people and, you know, breaking socially, social distancing regulations, but just re like really going out of our way to show random acts of love and kindness um, and helping people that are maybe struggling financially or emotionally or in whatever way we can. So that's what I wanted to share. Jeremy, can she, say, can she say all hands on deck? Is that legal? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, I was going to say that, Jeff, I do remember the sermon that I did give uh, in like February. <laughs> it was on a Wednesday night, and it was the end of Romans 7, and I talked about, uh, I found a bunch of creepy stories about people living with corpses. Yes. Corpses for years and years. Very it's morbid. So morbid, but how often do we do that? And I think that this brings that, idea to a culmination let's just get rid of of this old self these old dirty clothes this old life of uh, of death and of destruction and clothe yourselves with christ and that shining armor and that goodness so easy to see so much lighter of a burden and it's uh, a life that's definitely worth living so uh it's it's something that takes every day all our effort and all our strength and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be worth it for sure yeah. And it starts right now in this moment. Yep. Wake up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that easy. Just love. Start doing it right now. Show love to your neighbors. And that could mean people online. So that's why I say in comment the, the love or put heart emojis. Lift each other up online. Let's not build each other or tear each other down. Uh, continue going outside those doors and say hi to people. Uh, wave. Ask how they're doing. Invest in people. But show that love each and every day. Um, and be the hands and feet of Jesus that he's always wanted us to be. But we thank you guys. Uh, make sure you continue to connect with us. We have care cards that are readily available online and through the app. We want to know how we can pray for you and how to connect in any way that we can help. But uh, we appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you for being on the panel and take care. <laughs>